0: We are on. We are on. Hi, everyone. I'm Daniel. I'm Carrie. I'm Patrick. I'm Ken. Hey, we got something new. We're going to explain that after we say welcome to the 1961 Oscars. This is If I Ran the Oscars, a podcast where we look at one film from each year the Academy Awards was on TV, we take a look at uh, what award it won for, as well as a few other chosen at random. So we get a full breadth of film experience. Uh, we have a guest on the show he may be a recurring guest stay tuned we haven't thought that far ahead cuz we uh, don't do that <laughs> but i since we are back in films before i was born it's going to be very nice to get a perspective from someone that might remember these a bit more so that'll be really handy i since we are at 1961 oscars we're looking at films from the 1960 and we sk- we dodged spartacus that's a good <laughs> film. Like oh, no, Too bad. Right after Ben-Hur going into Spartacus, we yeah, could have done it. We could have done it. I... Because
1: we these films are always chosen at random. Yes.
0: And this time we got our first special effects film. We got The Time Machine, which is based off of a novella by H.G. Wells. Does anyone know off the top of their head when he wrote it? Mm.
1: 1895. Yeah.
0: 1895.
1: Yeah, in
0: the 1890s. It was 1895, exactly, mm-hmm. according to this. Boom. Boom. Influential on the development of science fiction, as was most of H.G. Wells' work. Uh, this comes after the War of the Worlds film, which was 1953.
1: Okay.
0: George Powell directed that one. And ah, this one. Uh-huh. Ah. And he intended to make a sequel, but died before it could be produced. Huh. A future film entitled Time Machine, The Journey Back was made, and the ending of that film is somewhat of a sequel to this film, and ties it all together. There was also a version made in 2002, and we'll get to that. Okay. I usually, here at the start, we will talk about who was in it, so we will talk about Rod Taylor. He did some things. Mom, which things did you look up that he did?
1: (laughs) Well, he was from Australia and moved to the U.S. to become an actor and he was the um oh i've forgotten you have to tell me now because i forgot
0: well you said he was in 101 dalmatians <gasps>
1: he was pongo in 101 dalmatians
0: which we enjoyed that film
1: well not cruella de vil she's,
0: she's mean uh but he was in uh radio and stage in australia mm-hmm. made it to hollywood around 1955. Uh, where he was in some small parts. He had a guest star on Cheyenne. He
1: was in a Hitchcock film.
0: Uh, He was, but that's after this film. Okay. Uh, He was considered for one of the leads in the TV show Maverick. Okay. Hmm. Uh, He tested to play uh, the role of Rocky in Somebody Up There Likes Me after James Dean died. Uh, He had supporting roles and was in an episode... Uh, of the Twilight Zone, and then his first leading role was this movie. Huh. He would later be in the Birds.
1: Oh, that 63. was scary.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: I remember watching that with my grandpa Otto. Which movie? was that?
0: The Birds. Oh yeah. Yeah, he was. He was in the. That was his like. That's his big role. Was he was in the Birds. Ah. Now something that we will note is that he was approached regarding a role in a film. ...and declined it because he considered the character beneath him. This character would be James Bond. Mm-hmm. No way. Now, if you wa- look at him in the film, he definitely looks like he could have been James Bond. He had kind of the stand-up character, everything like that. He later commented, every time a new Bond picture becomes a smash hit, I tore out my hair. Because that he could have done it. He, he could have done it. Yeah.
1: He could have been that that guy.
0: But he was in a fair amount of stuff. Well, yep. not necessarily a big name, but definitely a good actor for his time. Uh, not too much to say for him. Alan Young, we have some stuff to say for though. He was he was our the friend guy in this film who played two roles. He played his a guy and then the guy's son. Uh-huh. Uh, he's been in some stuff. I my-
1: recognized him from my childhood. He was the. He was the human on the Mr. Ed show.
0: He was Wilbur Post on Mr. Ed. He was the voice of Scrooge McDuck first in 1983 (laughs) and then for 30 years. 30 (laughs) years? Starting in the 80s and then for 30 years. Good for him. He basically started as doing a comedy sketch on radio and TV, the Alan Young Show. Huh. Uh, he's done. He's really been in multiple Walt Disney things act As an actor a and voice actor A lot of voice acting uh, We're going to have to scroll down Because this is one of the earliest We're going to see someone credited in a video game Because he was still Scrooge McDuck When they started remaking DuckTales In 2013
1: Wow, good about for this? him In
0: 1951 he had the Ellen Young show Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about that? Yep, he that, that's won.
1: a really long career. Yep.
0: Yeah. Huh. Yep, he's his last <laughs> credited wow. voice is 2016, 2015 to twenty sixteen. And his Still as Scrooge McDuck. His first wow. credit
2: is nineteen forty six. Yep.
1: That's a long career.
2: He was a busy
0: guy.
1: Well, we should all be so lucky. Yeah. He started, alive?
0: No, he died in twenty sixteen, which is why his last credit was then. But huh. he was working right up then.
2: Wow. Interesting that both he and Yvette Mimeu, who is in this... Mm-hmm. She's the female lead. Both had parts on the love boat. Just, you know, well, small everyone things. Everyone,
1: a lot of was, everyone was on the love boat. boat.
0: <laughs> Yvette, Yvette Mimeu is still alive. Huh. She was <laughs> 18 at the time of filming. Wow. Uh, she has not done a whole lot of stuff. She's not... like it, There's not a lot of headlining She didn't become a working things. actress. No. Uh how, a lot of TV. However... It is interesting to note that in the documentary, The Fantasy Film Worlds of George Pal, she showed up in archive footage, and that's basically the last we saw of her. But if we go back to Alan Young, his filmography tells something, because not only was he in this film, but in uh, later years, when they made The time, the Next Time Machine, he was in that one.
1: They gave him a little cameo? They
0: gave him a cameo in the... The
1: 2002 version?
0: Well, that and... I was going to say, first, he's the same guy in the 1993 Time Machine, The Journey Back.
1: Oh, funny. Mm.
0: Then he has a cameo in the 2002 version also.
1: He's got a good agent.
0: Yeah. Well, he was, he was still working in, you know, with the right. entertainment business.
1: Right. But your agent still has got yeah. to get you those deals.
0: Uh, the director, George Powell, is a guy we need to pay attention to because, you know... Him getting these films made, basically. He's the second most nominated Hungarian exile after Miklos Rosa, which I believe we talked about last time as doing the music Uh for Mm Ben-Hur. He was nominated for Academy Awards in the category Best Short Subjects Cartoon for seven consecutive years, Hmm. 42 to 48. Wow. So he did, I believe, mostly stop-motion stuff. Which is why the time-lapse stuff was right up his alley.
1: Right. And why, why he was able to get the right people to make it work.
0: hmm Now, uh, one other person exist- who is acting in this film that we do have to pay attention to is someone you did not see. Paul Frees.
1: Don't know who that is.
0: Well, he was the voice of the guy in The Rings. Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. And you did not see him, and you generally didn't see him because he was a voice actor. Okay. He's done a lot of things. Contemporary of Mel Blanc, known as the Man of a Thousand Voices. He was the, uh, if I'm uh, seeing things here correctly, he was the radio reporter and narrator in The War of the Worlds, 1953. All right. And among his many, many other things... Of special note to us is that he is Boris Badenov. You what? In the Rocky and Bullwinkle show, he is the character Boris Badenov.
2: Oh
1: yes, of <laughs> nice. But
0: he's voiced a lot of things, mostly animation. Uh, unfortunately, he's not still working because he died uh, quite away. a while ago. <laughs> but he's the last actor guy we need to pay attention to. Now, this one—it's based off a book. It's not, you know. I think we can talk about plot on this one a bit. Well,
1: and I think there there's lots of people that have written about how the movie does not uh, necessarily follow the book exactly. Yeah. And I that, do not remember a love interest
0: in the book. Well, you know, I yeah. was yeah. busy. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, part of that is Hollywood has to of course. make it interesting. Of course. And, you know, uh-huh. sell it to the yeah. masses. But at the same time, the story was not super good
1: no the, I mean and and you and we know this film won for special effects it certainly did not win for acting or cinematography yeah. or you know uh, what's the uh, supporting actress
0: yeah. uh, for context I looked up the kind of tent poles of science fiction that people remember uh, Flash Gordon was late 30s early 40s to start okay Star Trek was 1966. Star Wars was 77. Okay. So this was kind of right in the middle between sci-fi is pulp fiction and sci-fi is a real thing. Sure.
1: Well, Mr. Wells was primarily a historian, so it stands to reason that he is not. this is not great literature as such, but it certainly has a place in history.
0: Yes. For exactly. sure, H.G. Wells' stories do, but...
1: right. But he also did write history books he did. as well.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not the first, nor will it ever be the last film that is based off of a good work of one person's and it turns into a bad film. Yeah, correct. So, to that end, eh, whatever.
1: I don't think it's a bad film. Mm. No. It's
0: not, no, okay, to rephrase, it's not a bad film. It's not, like, in the grand scheme of film writing, acting, everything. It excelled in the places where it did, and I did not blow my mind in the others.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I the special effects for 1960 were really, really well done. Mm-hmm. But I, I even said to Dan while we were watching it, I didn't really care about the the main character. Yes, he was going through this series of events, but I didn't feel this, uh, this you know, desire for a certain in- outcome, or I didn't have. I wasn't worried for his safety. I was kind of, well, whatever happens to him happens. It just, I didn't have that yeah. connection to the characters.
0: He wasn't actively unlikable. We've definitely seen films where the main character is... So very, terrible. We definitely aren't supposed to like them. Right. But he was just there.
2: found it interesting that he waffled substantially from I care about people to I don't care about you at all.
0: Yeah. Several
2: times during the story. Arc.
0: And there' a bit at the end where the door closes on him, and it's like taking choice away from things. It felt like there could have been more there that we didn't get to see. That's true. I in the,
1: Probably in the book there was.
0: Well, in the book there wasn't a love interest, so...
1: Right. But he still probably had choices at the end of how to deal with the people.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. I would imagine so. Yeah. I... This film, I was expecting us to talk more about uh, how time travel is handled in film, but they didn't actually run into any. There was no uh, time at all when they were when the his changes in the past were affecting the future. That's correct. It never happened. Right. He didn't bounce back and forth Mm -hmm. in the way that you know, Back to the Future, Terminator, things like that. Those films see you see time having an effect on itself. In this one, we didn't. The only thing you saw here was sort of a linear
2: progression. Because he only went forward. He only went forward and did a thing and then came
0: back. Yeah, and of course the thing you do in the future doesn't change the past. and nothing.
1: the one thing that probably did change was his friend Philby's uh, understanding of his own friend. Yes. And that probably did change.
0: Yeah, but that wasn't like temporal causality, wave our hands around and use big words we made up. During the writing team's meeting, and if and if Philby
2: changed his perspective, it even even when he encountered Philby's son, and there was the comment about how he treated his property and stuff like that. You, there there was no connecting the now parts now to note you
0: know when he met his son, he said that the owner of the house had gone missing at the turn of the century, not. Mm-hmm. The next Friday, right, right. So he had not yet come back, right, to right. explain it. So we do have some bit of temporal causality going on there, and yeah. now we can start using the big words.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just kind of want to. I, I don't know why. I just want to talk about Looper because Looper is such a good movie. Looper, you <laughs> but, like Looper? Oh, yes. it's such a good movie. But
1: we should talk about the other <laughs> random things that were selected. We for should. Film. Well.
0: Yeah, to start, special effects, not only was it the model work in the film, but the time-lapse photography of traveling through time rapidly was something that nowadays it's fairly easy to do, and it's pretty straightforward. You either get a computer to do it, or you do stop-motion. And stop-motion animation is a legitimate film media now. Right. It's not...
1: But in nineteen sixty it wasn't that big a deal. No,
0: it wasn't. Now, yeah, it doesn't happen that much, but you still get movies like I uh, Kumo. I'm gonna to i I'm getting the name wrong.
1: Well, you're going to have to but just I've, fix it in post.
0: I'm not gonna fix it in post. I'm gonna look we it up right now. So I can Oh wait. Oh, <laughs> the people on the
1: internet need to know that this is a low budget production. And Kubo! We, legit, we don't fix things in post.
0: Kubo and the Two Strings was a film from 2016 that was stop motion. Okay. So it's still, they're still doing it. It's just not that much. And boy, because it it's a lot of work. It is. But it carries a lot of handcrafted mm-hmm. elements to it. Right. And they did a lot of that here. hmm mm-hmm. And it worked. And it, it worked.
1: And it was clean
0: the two guys who did it, because they did credit the guys, and I did look them up because mm-hmm. they did some things besides this. Gene Warren was one of the two guys. He worked on Land of the Lost, Man from Atlantis, The Crow, City of Angels. His son got an Academy Award for visual effects
1: oh, how about for that?
0: Terminator 2.
1: How about that?
0: Which, of course, that one won for special effects. Are you kidding? Nice. The other guy is Tim Barr, he had previously worked on the Ten Commandments.
1: Mm. Well, that was a big film, and
0: would in the future work on Jaws. Wow! Mm. Not he. Jaws was his last credited role. Huh. So he also did special effects for the TV show H.R. Puffin stuff.
1: H.R. Puffin. Wow! Stuff. Really? Where would you go when things get rough? Okay, sorry.
0: Okay, <laughs>
2: I'm done. You know your age. Too much
1: TV, people. Alright,
2: So. What about Wa Chang? Didn't he get credit? Uh. Special n- photographic effects.
0: Huh. Uh, Another one. Yeah.
1: But aren't we going to talk about costumes?
0: Oh, Wa Chang, I did the sculpture and props for Star Trek, the original series. How <laughs> about that? Including the tricorder. That makes sense. It really does. All right, so back to our list of things. I. Costumes. I. Costumes is on the list. Mom always wants to talk about That's costumes. That's the third
2: or fourth time she's mentioned that.
0: That's because well, I always want
1: to talk about it. If we're
0: going in order, first... Oh, fine. Best song. There was not a good song on this one. There wasn't any song. Man. There wasn't any song on this <laughs> one. There was
1: There was theme music to get us to believe and to feel a certain way, but that's, that's to it. to say
0: it was not Dances with Wolves. No. Uh, no. This year, no. the best song would go to... Scrolling down. It wasn't Spartacus. Down. It was not Spartacus. Uh, best song was Never on Sunday. From this movie of the same name. Mm -hmm. Don't Uh, know that one. Also in this one, also nominated in there, The Second Time Around from High Time, Far Away Part of Town from Pepe, The Green Leaves of Summer from the Alamo, and The Facts of Life from The Facts of Life. Huh. All right, so... No,
1: there was no song here. Definitely
0: no song in this one. No. Sometimes our random number generator gives us a thing that it definitely won't win for. But second, Best Costume Design. Mom, talk about the costumes.
1: The costumes were
0: generic. They were fine. Well, Turn of in the th-
1: century, blah, blah, blah. And in,
0: then in the future, they were meant to be boring.
1: They seemed 1960-ish.
0: They were very... Ni- in in yeah. the year 800,000 AD, everyone had 1960s hairstyles and, and spoke blowing. English.
1: That's <laughs> all true. <laughs> I...
0: You did make mention that the female lead had the pinkest dress.
1: Her pink dress was brighter pink than everyone else's. Which
0: will remind me to speak very briefly about the trope of protagonist hair, which comes from uh, anime, (laughs) where in that one, not only do... To save on animation time, you draw the main character Mm vest
2: because you want to spend the most
0: time on them. But also, main character hair is like if you rolled their head in, like, rainbow food coloring and then stuck their finger in a light socket. <laughs> and everyone else has got normal hair, and their hair is going seven directions, and it's four colors. And it's... And so you'll have this, like, sea of normal people, and, the, and then there'll be one person who's drawn in six times the detail and looks like he's going to take your eye out if he turns left. i shaking my head. That's sort of what this is, is, that you have the main character, and they are noticeable. Right.
1: And I think that felt a little overdone, but okay. Yeah.
0: Whatever. Mm -hmm. She's pink. Girls like pink things. Ugh. I like her. Yeah. We haven't quite gotten out of the macho man and the, you know, helpless woman tropes just yet.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we're still stuck there. It is 1960.
0: We started with John Wayne and we've gone up a bit, but... mm
2: Well, and you can look at the signs of the times, too. Little things like when he was talking to them about, do they have a government? A group of men that, you know, guides your society. Of course, it was a group of men at well, that time. yeah. Oh, right, 1960s. Well, right. At this point in time, it wouldn't necessarily be yeah. spoken that way on a film. But it was right. yeah. the times.
0: Mm-hmm. And I will grumble about the fact that they know what the word government is, but right. that's another story. <laughs> yeah. You'd think if they didn't know anything, they wouldn't know big words, but you know. Eh. Uh, third category uh, is going to be art direction. Eh?
1: Which is hard to even define for us mere mortals.
0: Well, you have to think about like their set design and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. well, first of all, props. There's one really, really good Prop.
2: There I is. think, too, because the miniature was really good, the too. The miniature was good, too. And its box.
0: Yeah. Very nice. But the time machine all prop... All the
2: clocks. All, mm-hmm. There were
0: a lot of clocks. They had a good, they did a good job picking out their clocks. But the, the time machine prop is sort of iconic to film prop history. And in that respect, very good job. Mm-hmm. Now, at the time, I don't think it was given quite the dues that it's due. Let me check.
1: Well, because I think that people didn't...
0: I think it was just too new. It was not nominated for Art Direction. The winner for Art Direction will not surprise you. Spartacus? It's Spartacus, obviously. (laughs)
1: Uh, I am Spartacus.
0: Uh, Spartacus won not the the most awards this year, but it won a lot. Basically nothing for acting, and it won all of the effects awards. Sure. But this film, landmark though it may be... It's a landmark in its, like, one category and not a whole lot else. Like, uh, if we think about, like, Lord of the Rings, that's a film that was kind of landmark in multiple Mm -hmm. axes, where you can kind of see that as the starting point for, you know, dozens of careers, special effects teams, location scouting, Mm -hmm. things like that. There's a lot that that movie changed. This one, this changed special effects. This changed the way it started people thinking about science fiction. But other than that, it was there.
1: Yeah, it was. And that's a, fine. Right.
0: Movies have to be there. If they aren't there, then they don't get made. That's right. Uh, not a whole lot more to say on this one, I don't think. Well,
2: you missed um, the commentary miss? on the costumes because you didn't make comment about all the many costumes that the mannequin was wearing.
0: Ah, uh, Well, that's very true. <laughs> the time, There was a so time lapse. So there was
2: a time, a time yeah. lapse that included many, many Periods That's true.
1: of time. Yeah, I think yeah. you had to be quick to catch that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was really fast.
1: But they also seemed very. I mean, it was quintessential. They were I mean, not. Nothing seemed to be. Well, it
0: was supposed to be. It was supposed to be emblematic of the
2: times that it was mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. The other. The other thing is is you know we talk about the actors. That's and... more of
1: a prop than a costume, though. Yeah.
2: yeah. True. Yeah. Fifty true. fifty.
0: Because mm-hmm. so... I think
1: costumes are on the actors, and they're enhancing the storyline. This is a prop that was. Well, the the costume,
0: you wouldn't get a prop designer to design a dress. You would get a costume designer to design a dress. Uh. Curious. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Curious. Mm -hmm.
1: The only thing about dress design. Yeah. Yeah,
2: The other thing is, you're talking about actors in the movie. Um, We didn't really talk about Doris Lloyd, who was, you know, kind of a secondary role. Mrs. Watchet. Mrs. Watchet. Mm Mm-hmm. Known for 150 films between 1920 and 1960. No kidding. All right. Wow. She did a lot of work. Wow. Huh. Sorry. Not, not the least of which was The Sound of Music, Mary Poppins. You know. Okay, uh, what was she some, in
1: Sound of Music?
2: In Sound of Music, she was...
0: Um, she one of the Baroness sisters? Baroness Eberfeld. One of the rich people? One of sure. the rich people that comes to the party, I think. Oh, okay. Not like a big role, but yeah. she was just... <laughs> She was just a. She working was one
1: actress. of the
2: nuns. She was a working actress, and she She's did a, good a agent. lot of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah huh. but I, it, I mean, and you mentioned Paul Frees, yeah. who has a gazillion credits. Oh yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. Huh. But these are these were some serious working actors doing a lot of different kinds of work and some and a lot of overlaps too. Yeah, kind of interesting. It was it. it's
0: a lot of it. was interesting a lot is of voice it's acting. a lot of working actors, and then the yeah. main guy was not. He was a new guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: But a lot of them were voice actors too, mm-hmm. doing doing similar roles. And this in was also
0: back before voice actors were real actors. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Sure. In that actors didn't do voice acting, and voice actors didn't do acting.
1: Correct. It was two separate. Yeah. Fields
0: and uh, hopefully, I really hope that we get to talk about. Eventually, we roll the dice and get Aladdin yeah because that's the film that really bridged the gap and started regular actors deciding that voice acting work was legitimate legitimate enough to to do but i we'll have to roll those dice when we get there that's uh, right quick note about the academy awards themselves which we i maybe we could one day look these up and actually watch them happening i uh, they were on nbc until this year, 1961, yeah. when they switched to ABC, where they have been since, except for between 1971
2: and 1975.
0: Huh. Mm. But, yep, they were on NBC for the first Several eight years. or nine years, and then they switched to ABC. Also, of note, The Apartment, won for Best Picture, it was the last black and white film to win Best Picture until what film?
1: The, uh, the Artist. No,
0: before The Artist. We've seen it on a different podcast Uh, Schindler's List Schindler's List Oh,
1: Schindler's List Mm.
0: So, some interesting notes there Uh, This is also the first year there was a red carpet, apparently Huh Wow
1: Maybe it's because the
0: ABC rolled out the red carpet for him, I guess
1: I see what you did there
0: Alright, well, I think that Unless anyone has other things to say Anything
1: else? Well, then we want to thank the Academy for doing its job and thereby pointing us in the direction of quality filmmaking. All right. Bye-bye. See
0: you next week when we have another sudden change of genres. (laughs)